Well, welcome everyone back to another episode of the podcast that we're not too sure what the name is, but we do know this podcast is all about the drivers. Joining me again today is Mike Kwiatkowski. Mike K, how are you? Hey, Eric, doing pretty well. I'm a little over-caffeinated today. I will say I drank a pot of coffee, so if I'm talking too fast, you know, feel free to slow me down, okay? How many uh, cups or pots of coffee have you had today, Mike? It was one pot and probably like eight cups. <laughs> had, a, had a busy day. Had I got a lot of stuff done, but I tell you what, I'm pretty excited about this podcast because we're talking with Bruce and We've been trying to put this together for over a month now, so excited to get this thing to out of the get it out out of the box and onto the airwaves. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we do have a special guest today, and Mike, I'm going to let you introduce him since you know him pretty well. Uh, so you go ahead and take the reins from here. All right. Um, well, it's my pleasure to talk with Bruce Hamilton. Uh, Bruce is an an ex-Greyhound driver, he's been the president of the union, the ATU local for Greyhound, uh, for quite some, some quite a few many years. Uh, he was also elevated up to the ATU International for the last five or six years. Uh, he, he and I met, I want to say like 15 years ago, when I first started working with the Health and Welfare Trust, some of the committee meetings. Uh, I tell you one thing about Bruce that I've always found, he's number one, he's very professional. I think he's one of the most professional people that I've met. Um, and he's got a real passion for Greyhound and especially the people that work at Greyhound. And I will say this in some of the, you know, in some of the collective bargaining discussions, health and welfare trust, Bruce has always been a voice of reason. Um, he's someone who's pretty level-headed, uh, but yet he's very, um, he's outspoken and he knows what he wants for the drivers. So it's been an honor to work with Bruce over the years. So Bruce, welcome wow. to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Um, after a, an introduction like that, I don't know if I have anything more to say. <laughs> anyway, at least I'm not over coffee, so um, yeah, making nothing mellow. <laughs> yeah, well, we may have to rein Mike in since he's had so much coffee today. Mike, when was the last cup? What time was the last cup of coffee you drank? I cut off three hours ago. I've been cut off for three hours. So okay. Well, Mike, you want to get the Q and A going with with Bruce? Well, yeah, I mean, Bruce, I just start off, I know, don't mind us giving us, sharing us a little bit about your background. I know you've been with the company for quite some time and kind of your history with the ATU. Sure. Um, well, I actually started driving for Greyhound in Des Moines, Iowa um, in 1971. And um, it was a great job. I, it was, uh, I really, really enjoyed it. I was uh, fairly young at that time, actually. Um Although I, I normally say I was 12 years old at the time. That's not really true. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, Bruce still looks uh, younger than I do today, though, I think. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't know. Anyway, anyway, anyway this is, it's a really pleasurable job driving, I think. I mean, I thought it, I always enjoyed driving. And there's a real satisfaction, you know, with having really terrific tools to work with, no matter what kind of a job you're doing. And Greyhound buses are just the most amazing pieces of equipment, you know. And so it was always a real pleasure to work. And and the job had great great flexibility, had time off, and you know, could uh, uh, well, it was just uh, you know, it wasn't a nine to five job. I really liked that. Plus, it had great pay and great benefits, and really great coworkers. It uh, it was just a really uh, you know, pleasant place to work. And on top of all that, there were great union work rules. And really, most importantly, I suppose, there was strict United States government regulation. 
Um, and that really made the job, uh, you know, work really well. And it made Greyhound into a great company that actually served the, you know, the traveling needs of North America. It was an atmosphere that um, that really emphasized the, you know, the getting people around. It was a, it's a real service that people could use. If you couldn't drive, if you if you didn't want to drive, or if you, you know, were had no, no friends could take you anywhere. If all else failed, you could always go down to the Greyhound bus station to get on a bus. And and if one person was there, um, and only one, you still got a bus to ride on. They never. And all the time that I worked in during the 70s, during under government regulation, uh, I never experienced a canceled schedule, and I never even heard of a canceled schedule. You know, it just didn't happen. So, how did you get <laughs> to New York, Bruce? I know you because you. I've always known you as a driver out of New York, but you, like you said, you have that Midwest accent. Yeah, I worked in Des Moines for about three years, I guess, and then. Um, my wife, my current, my she was it was not when we were married yet, but uh, she was living in New York, and I really uh, came to New York to be with her actually in 1974, and we've um, we had a, an apartment on the west side of Manhattan, and it, that's the apartment we still live in. <laughs> that's pretty 50, cool. uh, almost 50 years later. So at some point in this story, you you, you got involved with the union. And I know, and you and I have talked a little bit about this. Um, it kind of started off, you said you were helping other drivers and really providing advice, and then it just kind of took off from there. Yeah, well, there were some things that I could easily see were, you know, that needed to be done that weren't really being done, mostly around, like, communications and, and you know, understanding the union contract and understanding what your rights are, really, and and how to, when there were pay disputes, there's always been, I don't know, uh, Ever since I've worked at Greyhound, getting paid correctly has always been an issue. It's still an issue, I guess. It's, and, uh, it's gotten better, but you're right. It's still yeah. an issue, and it's still there's still a lot of union contract confusion sometimes when it comes to pay. But that's right. So, so you know, there was there was always you know new people and and even some old people that were doing things wrong that uh, needed some you know, some, just some help in figuring this stuff out. And so that's all I, I was just really doing that stuff. And, um, I, you know, and eventually just worked into, um, actually being the, the principal representative there in New York city for a while. And then going on to, uh, being in the national office. From the years you were with Greyhound, you probably experienced, um, a lot of change. Can you tell us how you dealt with that change and what what advice you would give current drivers today? Well, uh, the the primary change, of course, the the huge change was when they deregulated the over the road bus industry, and uh, it was um, you know the change happened like really pretty suddenly, and mm. uh, it just was you know no longer was. Greyhound really the national carrier that everybody could rely on. It just was a, uh, reverted to the kind of Wild West, unregulated capitalism, you know, that uh, existed before regulation. Well, I will say this, and I, you know, in talking with the Flix folks, you know, one of the biggest attributes, you know, even though we're not the same national network that we were, you know, we're def definitely in the 70s and definitely even before COVID. You know, one of the big things that they found, the reason why they bought the company was because we, Greyhound does still provide 
nationwide service. It's you still have that core infrastructure between places from New York all the way to Los Angeles uh, that you can get from A to B to C on a bus. And I know that part of, you know, in talking with Flix, they they really like bus travel for a couple of reasons. Number one is the green aspect of it. And with some of their new tool, tools and technology, they're trying to make it more convenient. Um, and I don't know if Bruce even knows this. We were talking about it with Frank last week. You know, we're going to, uh, in the next couple of months, we're going to have some of the same tools that airlines do have where, you know, tickets can get automatically rebooked. So if there is a cancellation or a late schedule, um, tickets can automatically be rebooked and it's sent directly to your phone. First time we've ever had uh-huh. that in the in the bus business. They're also coming up with, uh, it's a group called the Traffic Control Center. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's part of a Flix oversight. They're kind of like, they keep eyes on schedules and they're the ones that actually push the buttons to make sure that tickets and connections are made. So hopefully that's mm-hmm. going to make us, you know, again, more customer friendly and reliable. Bruce, you were, you were telling me a story about, you know, through your experiences that there was a major change in maybe the union man- management relationship when uh, Mr. Leach took office. Yes. Yeah, that's right. That was uh, something brand new that we really never experienced, uh, you know, in the union before. It was a, a manager who would actually talk to us or a president uh, of Greyhound that would let us know what's really going on with the company. And uh, he was just so open and, um, you know, and full of news that was really useful for us and, and, and you know, told us, you know, exactly that, what was going on with Greyhound. And, it's, uh, it just made an enormous difference in how the, you know, how the union and the drivers in general, uh, you know, reacted or how it, it affected our understanding of the company and, mm-hmm. you know, and made us really appreciate what was, you know, what, what some of the problems were a lot more than we did before when we didn't really completely understand what was going on. So yeah, Dave is, uh, he was really, um, he was terrific. He was, you know, the best boss ever. Eric, anything else you want to do to try to before you land this plane? I mean, it's been a. Well, like I said, I'd I, like to know. Bruce has a lot of years under his belt that he worked and drove for the company. And as we do get ready to uh, bring this to a close, I was just wondering what your fondest memory was of a of a place that you've been to that you usually like to travel to when you were a driver. Oh goodness. Um, I can't think of a place that I didn't like to travel to, frankly. Um, I, I just, uh, I always enjoyed, you know, wherever it was. And so I don't know if I have a favorite. My favorite place is New York City, actually. <laughs> so oh, and now I have an opportunity to stay here full time. So that's, a, you know, it's a great benefit. And um, also, I, I mean, I just like to say, even though I said that, uh, that Dave was the best boss ever, I, I am absolutely sure that Bill is, uh, you know, he's got some big shoes to fill, but he's, uh, I'm confident that he's going to do just as good a job. He'll be, uh, you know, he's been just as forthcoming with information and, you know, he's very accessible. And, uh, you know, so I think there's, that's, there's, you know, there's real, there's, there's hope, you know, and there's real possibilities for the thing working. Well, Bruce, we thank you for joining us today. It's been a pleasure uh, having this conversation with you. Well, thank you very much. It has been a pleasure, and I wish you all the best and uh, all the best for Greyhound. All right. Well, Mike, I think that's going to do it for today. All right. Well, thanks again, Eric, for hosting. Bruce, stay warm up there. For those who have tuned in, we want to thank you for joining us for another podcast that's all about the drivers. We'll see you all next time.